Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. What are you expecting today? You're probably expecting uh, to come to church and be greeted by a friendly face. Maybe you expect to be greeted uh, by not so friendly face. Maybe you might expect to, to get a coffee after the service. Sometimes we have high expectations. Sometimes we set our expectations low so that we don't get disappointed. We've come to this part of the service where you're probably expecting a sermon. And generally, you can expect the preacher is at the front of the church. Well, not today. Perhaps your expectations haven't been met. But here I am. <laughs> so here's the thing about expectations, right? Sometimes they're met, sometimes they're not. See, so the Jewish people at the time of Jesus, they had expectations too. And the scriptures foretold this, this coming Messiah, this king that would come and defeat their enemies and would redeem them back to God. They had certain expectations how this might look, how this might happen. And so today as we explore the Palm Sunday story, we see that they do get their king, their Messiah, but not at all in the way that they expected. Jesus of Nazareth looked, behaved and arrived in a very unexpected way. Let's pray together today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray that you would speak to our hearts as we, we come before you this Easter time. Would you reveal uh, something through your scriptures today as we, we unpack what it looks like um, to, to come before you uh, and, and worship you um, at this very special season of the Christian calendar. Father God, be with us as we explore your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're new here today and you're thinking, what is going on? My name is Anthony and it's my pleasure to welcome you here today. I don't always come in via the garden, but I do like to keep people on their toes. And so today we launch our Easter series ahead of next weekend when we celebrate the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. One of, if not the most important celebrations of the Christian calendar, right? So we're a week out from Easter, and who knows that things can change drastically in a week. Things can change drastically in 24 hours, yeah? And see, the Palm Sunday narrative sees Jesus being celebrated as the coming Messiah, the, the king that the nation of Israel had been waiting on for thousands of years. But not even a week later, he's put to trial, and he's killed on a criminal's cross. None of this story plays out in the way the Jewish people expected so the Palm Sunday story talks of the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, right? It's, it's a relatively small and maybe seemingly insignificant story in the Bible. Yet it's in all four of the gospel accounts, so it's certainly significant. So let's have a read of the text from Matthew's gospel and see what's happening. It says this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples 
saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks anything of you, say the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They bought the donkey and the colt and placed cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So a fairly simple story, right? Jesus comes to Jerusalem. Lots of people are all excited. They're calling in the king. They're shaking palm branches at him. Hence Palm Sunday, by the way, if you hadn't made the connection. And Jesus gets on a donkey and rides into town. Jerusalem was and still is the political and religious hub of Judaism, right? It it was where all the powerful Jewish leaders were. And Jesus claimed to be this prophesied king of God's kingdom and of the Son of God. It could be shrugged off as kind of insignificant in maybe the rural areas. But he was really making a point when he came to the big city, right? Coming to Jerusalem was a bold and dangerous statement to, and both Jesus and his disciples knew that. There was a key moment in Jesus' ministry when, when he turns and heads towards Jerusalem. And his disciples are shocked and scared because of the statement that he's going to make by heading that way. But Jesus very clearly explain, explains his reasoning for this. Matthew, in, the, in the chapter before, Matthew 20, 17 to 19 says this, Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Jesus was going to Jerusalem in order to be captured. He was going there to die. He was going there to be resurrected. He was going there to bring about the first Easter. He knew that. He was expecting that. The crowds who greeted Jesus had a very different expectation of what was about to happen. In their minds, Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. It was finally him putting his money where his mouth was, right? He'd been declaring that he was the son of God. But by coming into this this town, into the city, he was declaring that in front of the religious leaders. To the the crowds, Jesus was the Messiah, the, the promised king that everyone was expecting. And he was to destroy the Roman Empire, the the enemy at the time, and and allow the Jews to rule the world in prosperity and harmony with God forever. But until he actually came into Jerusalem, that was just all talk. It would be like if someone said, I'm the rightful Prime Minister of Australia, and just stayed in Clunes and never went to Canberra. They might believe him in Clunes, but I'm not sure whether the big dogs at Canberra would believe him. See, from the people's perspective, Jesus was coming to Jerusalem in this triumphal entry where he was saying, I am the king and I'm here to take over, which to to any bystanders would have seemed pretty crazy. 
knowing the times and the culture. That's why they were wearing, waving palm branches at him. It's like this big celebration, this massive like ticker tape parade, like Moomba in Melbourne or the Begonia Festival here in Ballarat. People are cheering. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. See, the word Hosanna in Old Testament times means Lord, save us. And so this would have been a cry to, the, to God to come and redeem his people. Yet in this time, they think it's happening now. So it's more of a, a, a cry of praise and worship. Hosanna, that the king is here. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a celebration. It's a moment of praise. They saw Jesus' arrival as, as his king coming to assume his throne. Jesus saw his arrival as a dead man walking to the cross. Two very different expectations. And so why did he enter on a donkey? Was it because he was tired of walking and donkeys were the Ubers of the day? Probably not. See, the text doesn't suggest that it was just because he needed transport. In Matthew's account of the story, there's more detail about how he got the donkey than any of the other Gospels. Jesus says to his disciples, before they get to Jerusalem, go to the village and ahead of you, you'll find a donkey tied there with its, with its colt. Untie it and bring it to me. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say the Lord needs it, which like is totally normal, right? Hey, don't mind me taking your donkeys. God needs them. And he'll bring them back. He'll definitely bring them back. It's all good. Just trust me. Seems pretty random. But the donkey is something very, very deliberate by Jesus. So what is he trying to say? Well, the gospel account of this story tells us that Jesus is, is using the donkey so that it would fulfill the prophecy made by the prophet Zechariah about 500 years earlier. In Zechariah 9, 9 to 11, God spoke through this prophet and gives us a picture of what it would be like when this promised king would come to Zion, to Jerusalem. It says this, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots of Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. He, his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. See, this picture is definitely of a king. He is righteous and victorious. His rule will extend to the ends of the earth and he will bring peace to all the nations of the world. Freedom for those that are imprisoned. This is definitely a king, but an unexpected king. See, in the Old Testament, a king was someone who fought and defended their people in war with might and power, with force and brutality often. A king might come to power through defeating an enemy. And throughout history, the Israelite uh, people, uh, the kings, were some were good, some were bad. And even the ones that were good kind of ended up bad by the end of their life anyway. So the Israelites have this expectation of what this coming Messiah will look like the king that will rule over all of those kings they've, been, uh, they've had in the past, to be this mighty warrior, stronger and tougher and able to defeat their enemy, the Roman Empire, who, who are oppressing them at the time. 
but you can't go to battle on a donkey. Well, can you? I don't know, I suppose. When you've got God on your side, anything's possible, right? Yet Jesus, his righteousness and victory don't appear as strength or brute force. He comes lowly and riding on, on a young donkey. You can't destroy the Roman Empire on a donkey. You can't fight your way to the throne, destroying all your enemies in the way and claim your rightful role as king of Jerusalem if your war horse is a donkey. It says he will take away all the chariots and war horses and battle bows. And he proclaims peace to the nations, not war. See, he's definitely a king, but an unexpected king. And so this, this act of lowliness and humility doesn't mean he won't be victorious. As the prophecy says, his rule will extend from sea to sea. And his humility does not jeopardise that one bit. In fact, his humility will be the very means by which the kingdom is established. Peace is brought to the world and prisoners are set free from the waterless pit through his peace. It's because of the blood of the covenant that all this will happen, right? And we first hear of this blood of the covenant in Old Testament times when an animal would be sacrificed on behalf of people's sins. We also see it in the New Testament. We've just been around the Lord's table today the new covenant in Jesus' blood. See, it's for this atoning death that Jesus entered Jerusalem. This is why he comes as a lowly, humble servant riding on a donkey. It's why he didn't come on this uh, war horse. He, he, he came to destroy his enemies, but not in the way that everyone expected. He came to die for them. He came to offer them his forgiveness and salvation. And see, the crowds were right. They were right to praise Jesus as king, for that was who he was. They were right to say, Hosanna, Lord, save us, for that's what he came to do. And they were right to expect that he had come to Jerusalem to establish, his, establish God's kingdom and reconcile people to the Father. But they were wrong in their expectation. And so the story finishes with the disciples being slightly confused. And I don't blame them. <laughs> lots, of, lots is happening. Jesus was the king and he came to Jerusalem on a donkey. Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah, but he talked about dying. And it didn't all fit together. It was only after Jesus was glorified in his death and resurrection that the disciples remembered the Old Testament prophecies that they had heard, the one from Zechariah and, and others. And it was only after the fact that they were able to piece all of these things together. Fortunately, we live in a time where Jesus is already glorified. And every Easter, we can remember the great work on the cross that he did, his death for you and me. This is what Easter is all about. So this Easter season, I wonder what your expectations are. What are you holding on to? Expectations of yourself? Perhaps of how your life should look? how you should be behaving, how you should be living, what your devotion life could look like. Maybe you have unmet expectations of other people around you. Perhaps you're disappointed. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel let down. Or maybe you have unmet expectations of God. Maybe he hasn't arrived in your life in the way that you thought. 
Maybe his plans aren't fully revealed to you yet. Maybe this Easter time you need a touch of that calm, unassuming king in your life. Not one that barges in with might and force, but the peaceful, humble and patient King Jesus. One thing I've learnt in my Christian walk, even when things take a long time or things take a weird twist, when things seem difficult or out of reach, Jesus exceeds our expectations every time. So for today, as we reflect on Palm Sunday once again, let us grab our palm branches and praise the King, not having false expectations of ourselves, of the people around us, or of God himself. God's plan is perfect in every way, and it's our expectations that might need to shift. Because God remains good and faithful and holy no matter what our expectations are. Jesus has established his rule through peace and humility. And today we remember that God answered that cry of the nation of Israel. Hosanna, God save us. He answered that on the cross. And today as we cry, Hosanna, He's right there because he conquered the cross and we stand in his victory. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your unexpected entry into Jerusalem. Thank you for the unexpected entry into our lives, even when our expectations aren't met, even when it looks different. Father God, thank you for all that you are doing and have done. Father God, we stand today in your victory that you have won the battle against the enemy. Father God, would you remind us that of that today? Would you show yourself to us and may we be bold followers that stand and say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Our King has come. Lord Jesus, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer or to find our seven-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video like, subscribe and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.